0: So today we're in a month of February. We had snow last night a little bit last night, cold weather this morning and a someone said that it would be a dark winter. <laughs> There's something you need to remember about winter, it doesn't last forever. <laughs> and after winter comes a spring cleaning. So how many of you glad that there's a spring cleaning coming? Yeah. Amen. So I want you to think about spring cleaning for a moment and what that entails and what we do to make it happen. Oftentimes when there's a spring cleaning, I, I shared in the first service, I had an aunt and her name is Verna and her house, she's, she's moved into an assistant care facility now. I think she's like 92, 93 years old, but she always had spring cleaning at her house we would come down here and visit during the you know the good friday weekend or whatever that was when we were in school and i can't tell you the number of times we went to her house and i saw her hair wrapped up in a bandana sleeves rolled up and she was ready to go to war And I'm telling you, everything got clean. Somebody say everything. Everything. You know what I'm talking about? She didn't just clean the fans. She didn't just clean the windows. She took down the blinds. She took down the tapestries. She took everything and washed it. She She didn't just scrub her floor. She scrubbed her walls. Everything got cleaned. If you were standing in the room and you didn't move, you were going to get, become a part of that spring cleaning. It just it enveloped everything. But the thing about spring cleaning, none of us really, I don't know, how many of you just love to do the spring cleaning? Praise God, Mary, I'm going to get a hold of you this spring. <laughs> I, I, I don't really love doing it but i love what happens once it's done and so it's worth doing isn't it how many of you've ever had a refrigerator that got crowded you know what i'm talking about just stuff kept getting piled up in there and piled up in there and all of a sudden you start digging through and you can't recognize some of the stuff anymore it's like i don't remember eating thing any i don't remember eating anything that was green and had stuff growing on it and, you know, it just, so there's a spring cleaning. It's getting rid of some stuff so you can make room for the good stuff. How many of you ready to get rid of some of the old stuff so you can make room for the good stuff? <clears throat> so spring symbolizes something. It symbolizes life that that old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so in the midst of that, we have to remember that there's something else that happens in the spring. Anybody got any ideas? Let me give you a hint. Start a garden, right? What are these called? Seeds. Seeds. So when we're getting ready to, when spring comes, everybody gets spring fever and that, you know, everybody gets out in the garden and they start preparing the ground. Everybody say, you got to get it right. You know, Jesus warned us about planting in the wrong ground. you got to make sure the ground is right. And so when you begin to look for seed to plant, you want to make sure that you're planting the right stuff, right? So like, for example, I sent uh, Brian, Brian, stand up, would you, and take responsibility for this. I sent Brian to get some seed for me, and he brings back, how many of you love sweet corn? Yes. Man, I do too. I mean, I really do. That's not what he brought me. He brought me ornamental corn. I'm not kidding. Japanese hulless ornamental corn. I don't want something to look at. I want something to eat, Brian. And it's and I'm thinking, man, I started looking at this stuff, I thought, what is this, man? The seed even looks suspicious. I mean, there's a little window in there, and it's like, man, I've never seen nothing like that before. But he brought me some watermelon. He brought me some broccoli. He brought me some tomatoes. Don't you love tomatoes? And he brought me he brought me some pumpkin. How many of you like pumpkin pie, man? If you don't like it, pass your piece to me. Cucumbers. He brought me cucumbers. So he Got me some seed. And when you're getting ready to plant a field, if you want to know what's in your field, you really need to know something about your seed. If you would, watch this with me. How good all these vegetables are gonna taste? Peas, beans, squash, tomatoes. Yeah. This, what's this row? Beets. Beet? Yep. And what about this row? Potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. What's this row here? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yeah. There's lettuce, squash, sweet potatoes, carrots, bok choy. Bok choy. Oh, yeah. Chinese cabbage. Hey, that yeah. row looks right. Yeah, it, well, this is corn. All those seeds did look alike, come to think of it. Yeah, like corn. Boy, that seed salesman sure saw us coming. No, saw you coming. Corn, corn, corn. Nothing but corn. 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 One <laughs> Now look, I I love corn, but I'd like a little something else on my plate other than just corn. You know, what you've got to remember is this, is that whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Now, if you want, I I mean, there were three of them, and it looked like there were 36 ears of corn on that plate. So, if you want more than just corn, then you've got to plant something more than just corn. Because there's a law of harvest that is at work in this world that God instituted. In Genesis 8 and 22, it said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Everybody say it with me, the law of harvest. Now, here's what you have to understand. The law of harvest is like the law of gravity, okay? You don't have to understand the law, You don't even have to believe in the law, but it's still the law. Well, no, 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 I choose not to believe that. Well, that's fine. You take a ladder and climb up on top of this church, stand on the edge of it, and declare with all your heart, I don't believe in the law of gravity. And step off, and the law of gravity is going to make a believer out of you. Because it it doesn't, you don't have to believe in, in it for it to work. You don't have to even understand it for it to work. It just works. How many of you have ever been pulled over for going faster than the speed limit? That's called a law. I didn't believe in the law. I didn't understand the law. I don't understand why on Route 3 you have to do 55. It's wide open. Why can't I do 80? The state trooper pulled me over. He said, do you know how fast you were going? I said, no, sir, I really don't. And that was the truth. I really didn't. He said, you were, well, I don't want to get him in trouble and I don't want to get me in trouble. Anyway, I was over, slightly over the limit. And I looked at him and I said, well, I guess I was just enjoying the day too much. He made sure I didn't enjoy it anymore. It's called the law. Everybody say the law. So there are laws that are present in our life. And the best thing we can do is learn how to work in the parameters of that law. Here's what Galatians 6 and 7 tells us. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. There is a law of harvest. You will always harvest what you plant. If you don't like what you're harvesting, then you need to get some different seed in the ground. Are you with me today? So we've got to change up. we, We understand that we're going to reap what we sow. Then it would be a good idea to inspect the seed when? Before we sow it. Before you put it in the ground, you need to take a look at it and make sure that this is what you want on your plate. So let's talk about a seed of deception. You know, because we plant all kinds of stuff, right? We can plant good things and we can plant bad things. If we plant a seed of deception, what do we end up with on our plate? Deception. We end up deceiving ourselves. God wants us to have a good harvest. And so he speaks to us concerning the harvest. He tries to let us know, look, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're alive, this principle is going to apply to your life that whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. So we sow with our words and actions. Amen. Our words and actions become the seeds we sow. How many of you, how, how many of you know What kudzu is? You ought to know something about the seed before you put it in the ground. The folks in Mississippi wished they'd have figured that out, because what they did is they brought this plant in from another country. It was called kudzu. They brought it in to prevent soil erosion. Well, it doesn't just prevent soil erosion. It prevents tree growth because, man, this stuff consumes everything in its path. If you ever travel Interstate 55 going to Mississippi, you will see on the sides of the road, you're going to hit a spot, and you're going to see that it doesn't look like a forest. It looks like a jungle. It's just all vines wrapped up over these trees. The trees have lost their identity. The kudzu is taking them over. Hear what I'm saying. When you sow the wrong seed, it will take you over. It will rob you of your identity until all of a sudden now you're in a thicket and you're trying to find your way out and you don't know how to get out. As a matter of fact, they found out that you can't kill kudzu. They've tried to poison it. It won't poison. They've tried to burn it. It won't burn. It keeps coming back. They said the only way they could get rid of it is they would have to go in and they would have to dig down until they got all the roots of that vine out of the ground and then haul it off someplace and burn it so it doesn't take root again. I'm telling you, the devil will get a hold of you, try and take you further than you want to go. He'll consume you. He'll take Listen, don't mess with seeds uh, that you know what's going to happen when you sow them. They're going to end up consuming you. Well, what am I supposed to do, Pastor? I want to tell you about a man by the name of Jesus uh, that stepped into this earth, uh, that's able to reach in and pull out every root of bitterness, uh, that can cancel the harvest that you've been going through and give you a brand new one. Everybody say, I reap what I sow. So, okay, I, I didn't do this. I'm just giving you a for instance. So, I steal a car on Saturday, but I gave my life to Jesus on Sunday. Please show up on Monday. And I tell him, officer, you don't understand. I'm a Christian now. Oh well, that's wonderful. Let's just forget the whole thing. He rips up the he rips up the warrant. And, no, no, that's what we want to happen, right? But that's not what happens. Why? Because I'm reaping something that I've sown. What are you supposed to do? You cannot deal with that harvest on your own. You need someone that understands the seed to step into that field and go to work on your behalf and say, I know they sowed some stuff, but I'm getting ready to rip this out of their life. I'm getting ready to change the direction. I'm going to give them a hope that they would not have without me. Words. And actions. How many of you have ever said something to someone that you knew was going to get you in trouble before you said it? And you said it anyway. Why? Well, the ground was prepared, they got me mad. I knew I shouldn't say that. But I couldn't help myself. Well, you get ready to help yourself to a whole plate load of that harvest. You ever sleep in the same bed with someone and feel like you were in a totally different country? And what I'm talking about, man, you could, it's amazing how your wife can sleep on the seam of the mattress. You know, it's it's mid-July, why do you feel cold winds blowing? Because of what we sow. Everybody say, shut your mouth. (laughs) Oh, God, how many times I wished I'd have done that. Just don't say it. My mom, when I was younger, how many of you understand what a belt is? A belt is 36 feet long. It is braided with 16-penny nails. That's what it felt like when dad got out the belt. Mom had a patent on the switch. How many of you know what a switch is? There was a time in my life that I nearly did not survive what I planted. My mom was getting on to me for something I did. And honest to goodness, I can't even remember what it was, but I remember what it cost me. I don't remember what seed I sowed, but I remember what the harvest was. And mom had the switch, and she went to work on me with that switch, and she was giving me a sw- And look, I had it coming. I'm not trying to get out of anything here. I had it coming. I didn't feel like I had it coming at the time, but none of us ever feel like we got it coming, do we? And so, she's she's switching me, and I said a word to her that I should not have said. And I don't look at me like this happened yesterday. This was, it happened to him yesterday. No, okay. This, this, this happened, this was, this was months, I mean, this was years ago. This, this happened. You know, I was, I was just, I was, I was probably like eight, nine, ten, twenty-five. No, I wasn't. I was, I was like probably eight years old. And so, and, and man, I, she was giving me that switch, and I, 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 I guess I'd learned that word in school. And I used it, and as soon as I planted it, You know, it's amazing how some things grow quickly. You know, you plant one kernel of corn and you get a whole stalk with hundreds of kernels of corn. I said one word and that switch got turned up. And just after I was getting over the switch, the belt came home. There was no discussion. There was no conversation. It was just... I promise you, I never, ever planted that seed again. What are you saying? Why is it that sometimes we get sucked in to these harvests that we want nothing to do with? Have you ever been there? Anybody? I mean, am I the only, I started to say idiot in the room, but am I the only one that's ever planted something that, that you wished you hadn't of. And so I ended up with a harvest I didn't want. And I thought, God help me learn the principle that whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. Whatever I plant is gonna wind up on my plate. And so if I don't want that harvest again, Don't ever plant those seeds again. Actions. Everybody say actions. My wife has a unique way to talk to me without saying a word. You saw her evil eye, right? You'd had to be here for that service. She came up and she demonstrated the evil eye. She could take one eye and make it go, you know, to Kalamazoo, man. And just, and I I mean, she... She had the ability to communicate without a word. When I found out, if she used that eye on her mom, she rolled her eyes at her mom. She saved the evil eye for me. I feel so fortunate. (laughs) But she'd roll her eyes at her mom. Everybody say words. words. Actions. Didn't say a word. She just rolled her eyes, and it was enough to plant a seed. She got a whole harvest from that rolling of those eyes. I'm here to remind you. So, it's not just what we say. It's how we act. I mean, I could—come I, I could, up here a minute, would you? So, I could— I could come up to I don't have to say anything, right? I can come up to him and I can I can come up to him and I can approach him and say, hey man, how you doing? It's good to see you. I can come up to him and I can go. Didn't say a word, but it's communicated something to him. Do you understand that these are the tools that God gives us to live our life with? And with these tools, we can make wonderful things happen or we can make horrible things happen. But at the end of the day, it's our seed. And we have to be responsible for what we're sowing. Everybody say, I'm the one that did it. So now watch this. There's, there's a unique life that is in every seed. Did you, did you know that? That this seed has life in it. And once you plant it, that seed will take on that life all by itself. You don't have to babysit it. You don't have to camp out in the field and keep looking at it. You just put it in the ground. Sometimes that's all you got to do. Somebody else will come along and water it. How many of you have ever had somebody help you out with a harvest you didn't want? And then it just starts growing. I want you to think about the power of a seed. Years ago, I was in Israel, and I went to a place called Masada. Masada exists outside the Judean wilderness, and it's where the Jews fled when they, when Titus came in and he conquered Jerusalem, they fled to this fortress called Masada. They could not reach them there because of the geography of that location It was straight up. They could not get to them without being taken out first. They pour hot water down on their heads and, you know, throw rocks down and and they couldn't take them. But see, they were cut off so there was no food they found some corn up there <laughs> when they when, when archaeologists uncovered masada they found a cache of corn that was 2000 years old and it was still in seed it was still there you know what they did they planted it you know what the seed did it grew after 2,000 years, it grew. God created you in his image, in his likeness. If you will, we are his seed. And even though that seed lays dormant in us at times, and we're putting the wrong seeds in our life, and we're planting the wrong stuff, God says, there's something I made in you that is unique to me. And the moment you discover that, and you begin to raise your hands and say, God, I want to be who you made me to be, that seed is going to begin to sprout. It's going to come forth, and you're going to find strength like you never knew you you had you're going to find hope like you never knew was possible uh, and you're going to begin to walk in a purpose uh, like you didn't even think existed in your life Uh, why because you are his seed i don't want to plant anger bitterness jealousy hostility worry and stress because once i plant those they're going to take on a life all their own God help us, because sometimes we get self-deceived. I knew a guy that told so many lies; he started believing the lies he told. I didn't say that about him. His own family said that about him. He he came to me. They came to me, and they said, "You know, he's a good old boy." I said, "But man, he doesn't even know when he's not telling the truth anymore. Doesn't even Kernels know." Of and Deceived. I thought they were laughing I about knew it, a guy that told thought, so man, many lies; he started believing state. the lies he told. I what hope do i have if i don't know what the truth is anymore when jesus stood before pilate and jesus looked at pilate and he said those he said i came to testify to the truth and pilate looked at him and he said what is truth a governor of rome didn't even know what truth was so it doesn't matter how high a position you hold it's all about have you connected with who he made you to be because that man didn't even know who he was what is truth here's truth it's he that has made us and not we ourselves we are the sheep of his pastor he has a plan for our lives, and He wants us to walk in that plan. Now, how many of you've ever planned, How many of you had, ever had something put on your plate you hated and you had to eat it? I used to hate peas. I hated peas when I was a kid. I hated peas, especially the ones they made in school. Those things were genetically modified or something, man. They, you know. But I remember I was at home and it was Halloween and we were going to get to go trigger-treating and dad looked at me and he said, you're not going trigger-treating until you eat these peas in your plate. I had four brothers and sisters, so I was the fifth one. I had a great plan. And I looked at all my brothers and sisters and I said, guys, if you'll all eat just one scoop of these peas out of my plate, we can go trigger-treating. They reminded me that they weren't the ones that were not going to get to go trigger-treating, that I was the one that wasn't going trigger-treating unless I ate the peas. And loving me the way they do, they got up and left me with my peas. Just, And so I had to eat what was on my plate. Now, keep in mind, I had no trouble eating ice cream. I had no problem with cake. I could even choke a piece of pizza down. (laughs) Why is it that the things that are good for us, we fight so much? The things that will bring life to us, that will bring strength to us, we kick against. And I remember I wanted candy. (laughs) Everybody say candy. And I wanted candy so bad that I scooped up those peas, I held my breath, stuck them in my mouth, and started chewing through the lips, past the gums. Look out, stomach. Here it comes. Just chewed it up and swallowed it and got it down and realized afterwards I made that a lot harder than it needed to be. Oh, God. Today I love peas. They haven't changed. I have. I understand something about them that I didn't understand then, and I've acquired a taste for them. I've watched folks that kicked against God so hard, and it broke my heart, and I thought, don't you understand? He loves you so much. And what you're kicking against is the very thing that will save your life, that will transform you, that that will give you hope, that, that changes everything. As Richard said today, that he changed everything. Don't make it harder than it is. Just let go. Let go of trying to control and manipulate everything. And say, God, I'm going to sow some seeds of love. And I know that you promised me it'll come back to me. I haven't felt loved, God. I I haven't felt cared for. I haven't felt like I mattered. But I'm not waiting for that to change. I choose uh, to sow some seeds of love today, uh, and I've got a promise that it's going to come back to me. I'm going to sow some seeds of kindness, uh, and you know what? It's going to come back to me. I'm going to sow some seeds of faith, uh, and it will come back to me because I stand on the promise of the Word of God that whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. If you don't like what you're going through right now, get that stuff out of your field. Get some new seed and plant it and say, here I am, God, ready for this harvest. (laughs) What you release in your field is what you're going to reap in your life. So when you find good seed, what should you do with it? Everybody say, plant no, no. Put an emphasis on it. Plant, 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 plant. plant, plant, plant. <laughs> just, I mean, just plant it, man. Don't, you know? I, I, I I'm amazed. We're not afraid to plant some things. I saw. I heard about a little girl that planted her fist on another little girl's face. True story. That little girl was two years old. The other one was four. The four-year-old was trying to bully her around a little bit. And the two-year-old didn't even stop and ask for permission. She just pow. She didn't even think about planting that. Just came natural. Why is it that there are some things that come so natural for us to do and other things that don't? Because I'm, while I love God, I exist in a fleshly body, and this fleshly body has got a mind of its own. So, what I have to do is I have to tell my flesh, you're not doing it. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel. I don't care how much you kick and cry and fuss and cuss. You are not going to do it. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. And for the first time in my life, I'm taking control of what goes in that field. Because God has given me that privilege. He's given me that opportunity. So, I'm going to plant His Word. Look at all the good seed we can plant. Love, joy, peace. How many of you like some of that? Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. You know, I've I've met some guys, big old guys. But just like... Teddy bears. I mean, have such a a gentle spirit about them. I remember a, a, a preacher friend of mine before he was a preacher. He was a rascal. He'd been in Vietnam, man. He went. He signed up for the third tour, and they wouldn't let him go. They said, "You enjoy it too much." That's a true story. I'm not making this stuff up, man. First time I met him, he, he marched me out. We were supposed to be going fishing. He marched me out in a creek, got me up in a swampy area, and then he said, oh, you might ought to be careful here. He steps out of the way. Man, I have got water moccasins swimming at me on top of the water. I've got them under the water at my feet. There's one swallowing a frog on the bank, and I'm about to lose my mind. And I remember praying, God, I knew what he was doing to me. I said, God, don't let me lose it here. He was seeing if I could keep it together. I'm praying, God, don't let me lose it, don't let me lose it. And thankfully, we got out of there, got out of the creek, walked across the field, and went to a pond and fished. I guess this was a shortcut. I told him later, I said, I knew exactly what you were doing. He just grinned. He was a rascal, had been a rascal. So he goes into a bar, this isn't a joke, he goes into a bar and when he's in a bar there's this great big guy sitting on a bar stool and he just hauled off and cold cocked him as hard as he could. I asked him, I said, why did you do that? I wasn't in the bar, this was later, he's telling me the story. And, And I said, why did you do that? He said, I just didn't like the looks of him. He, it's true. He, he hauled off, hit this guy as hard as he could. He said the guy turned around and rubbed his chin, looked at him. He backhanded him and knocked him clean across the room up against the wall. He said, I hit that wall, slid down that wall. He said, I was trying to come to. And he said, I, the guy, I was trying to get back up on my feet. And the man looked at me and said, now, would you like to try that again? And he said, no, sir, I don't think I would. That guy could have ripped his head off. But he had a gentle heart in a wrong place with a gentle heart. Think about this. What would happen if we gave God control of our life and said, God, please make me who you intended for me to be? I can tell you what had happened, you would begin to be so powerful and you would be responsible for transforming so many other lives and having such an impact that you would be dancing around with joy. Everybody say joy. Joy. When's the last time you danced? You know, there's nothing wrong with dancing as long as you got the right partner. I didn't quit dancing when I came to the Lord. I just started dancing with Jesus. (laughs) Do you understand that he wants to bring that joy in our lives? He wants to see us experience everything that he's got for us. So when we find good seed, we what? Plant Plant it. 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. God's faithful. He doesn't forget your labor of love. When you've sown love all your life, you're going to find love throughout your life. Say, Pastor, it doesn't seem like I've been able to find it. Well, you understand what happens when things are put in an account. They don't just sit there. They're accumulating interest. <laughs> so when you finally cash in, it's going to be heaped up, pressed together, shaken down, and running over. You're going to have more love than you know what to do with And I'm not talking about the love where you're howling at the moon at night. I'm talking about a true love, a pure love. Jesus makes a statement in the book of John, in St. John. He, he makes a statement, and as I looked at this, I, I believe what Jesus is doing now, I know he's speaking to the circumstance that he's in at that moment, but I also believe that he is releasing a prophetic word that had been given in the Old Testament, that he's touching on this word. So here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, you say four months and then comes the harvest. But I'm telling you to look on the fields for they're white already ready to harvest. So what Jesus is saying is, you're saying that there's, you know, all this time has to go by before I'm going to reap anything. But Jesus says, no, you look up because the fields are white now. In other words, there's a supernatural harvest coming. Look at Amos, the ninth chapter and the 13th verse. This is in the Amplified Version. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the one who gathers the harvest, and the one who treads the grape shall overtake him who sows the seed. For the harvest continues until planting time, when the mountains will drip sweet wine and all the hills shall melt. That is, everything that was once barren, everybody say that was once barren, will overflow with streams of blessing. Now remember, whatever a man sows he reaps both bad and good. So what's he saying? The prophet Amos is saying there is a time that's coming that the guy that's harvesting is going to end up meeting the guy that's plowing. Why? Because the harvest is going to be so great. The harvest is going to be so huge that it's going to take him all that time to gather it in. And by the time he's just finishing up that one harvest, the plowman's right behind him planting again. What's he saying? Something supernatural is getting ready to happen in your life. You're You're no more going to get the seed in the ground till God's going to make it explode in blessing. This isn't a time to step back. This is a time to step forward. This isn't a time to draw back. This is a time to say, here I am, God, use me. So everybody say, get some seed out. You've got to get it out and get it in the ground. You can't wait. You can't say, well, when this happens, four months, and then comes harvest. No, no, you've got to say, I know it's going to happen, and God's going to cause this to happen exponentially. As soon as I get it in the ground, it's coming up. It's like Jack's beanstalk. He no more got it in the ground, the next morning he got up, and it was beyond his wildest imagination. How many of you ready to sow some seed? I want you to listen to this. Good ground, the way we walk. Good seed, the way we talk. Good God, the one we serve. Good harvest. Rejoice in his word. Would you say it with me? Come on, say it with me one time. Good ground, the way we walk. Good seed, the way we talk. Good God, the one we serve. Good harvest, rejoice in his word. Would you stand with me? I want to ask you a question today. Have you got some stuff in your field right now that you say, man, Pastor Ring, I wished I'd never planted that seed. If you do, this isn't a time to begin to bemoan it and be, begin to say, oh, I, man, it's just too late for me. It's a time to give it to him. There's a man in Scripture. He's been driven out of his home. He's driven from society. He is so far removed that he makes his bed in the tombs, graveyards. He's gone wild, man. I mean, he's just beside himself. He's busting. They've tried to bind him with chains, and he snaps them. And of all the people that Jesus decides he needs to go see, he goes to see him. Disciples don't understand what's going on. Jews aren't supposed to even be around cemeteries. And here's Jesus sailing them right toward one. And when that man comes out of the tomb screaming and hollering, don't you know that Peter's about to have a meltdown? But not Jesus. That man was trapped by his harvest. And Jesus made up his mind that he was going to cancel that man's harvest. He stepped out and the man can't even identify himself anymore. The seeds he's sown has taken him over. But even the devils couldn't keep him from running to Jesus. Something deep inside, I've heard people say, oh, the devils ran. No, 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 man, they're going to be running the other way. That man wanted to be free so bad, and he ran and he fell down at the feet of Jesus. When Jesus asked him, he said, what's your name? The devil wouldn't let him speak. How many of you have ever felt like your life was there when you didn't even have a voice anymore? But all the seeds that you'd sown were taking control of your life and you lost who you were. You found yourself just wallowing in it a harvest you never wanted. And that demon spoke out and said, we are legion, for we are many. You may be many, but you ain't enough. (laughs) You may have a stronghold on him, but you don't have one on me. And the next thing those demons were doing begging not to be cast back where they came from. Think about this. You know your background's bad when you want to go live in a bunch of pigs instead of going back to where you came from. And so Jesus released them and they go into the pigs and they run down, you know, and they drown themselves and all that's, you know, that makes for, you know, a great outline. But the miracle isn't in that. The miracle is in a man that's sitting and clothed in his right mind, worshiping Jesus. People of the town came out and they begged Jesus to leave. We don't understand you. We're afraid of you. Please leave. But the man that had been rescued looked at him and he said, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. Now, this isn't in Scripture, but I want to insert this and I want you to think about this because Jesus does tell him, he said, no, you can't go with me. But instead, this is what he's saying. How about I go with you? (laughs) You see, for a long time, you've carried some things that have tormented you and caused you heartache and pain. And though you can't go with me, I can't go with you. He said, you go back to your home and you tell everybody the great things that God's done for you that's how he goes with us and so think about this every day that you get up and you wake up and you remember where God brought you from and you're excited about that and you go and share with somebody I may not be what I ought to be but friend I ain't what I used to be and I'm on my way I'm on my way God has given me a new harvest the fields are white how about it are you ready if you're in this place today and you say, Pastor, I want a new harvest in my life. I want you just to step out real quick and come right now. I'm going to hold for just a moment and you say, but that, I, that, that's so hard for me to do. I, it wasn't easy for Jesus to go to Calvary, was it? That was hard. This part's easy. But what makes this part hard is the devil tries to talk you into Oh, you don't want to go down there, man. All those people are going to think you're something else. Do you know that after I got saved, I spent more time in the altar than I did before I got saved? Why? Because I was in constant pursuit of what God had for my life. He had rescued me. He had saved me. And I didn't care who knew it. I wasn't embarrassed about it. I wasn't trying to hide it. I wanted the world to know He's alive, He's well, and He lives right here. (laughs) Come on, say it with me. He's alive, He's well, and He lives right here. Oh, come on, say it again. He's alive, He's well, and where does He live? He lives right here. Oh, you need to get a hold of that because the devil tries to convince you that he doesn't live there, that he has no residence there. But he does live there by the very fact that you're where you're at right now. You want more of him. Why don't you just go ahead and raise your hands and say, God, here I am. Fill me up. Father, we come into your presence today declaring and admitting That there's been some stuff in our fields, God, there's been some seeds we've sown that we don't like and we don't want. I'm asking you to come and root them out. Unless you intervene for me, these seeds are going to rest on my plate and I'm going to have to deal with them and I cannot deal with them on my own. So today... I surrender to you. Today I say yes, Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart and plant a new seed. God, bring another harvest. I reach for you now. I say yes to your will. I embrace you as my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on my past, on my old way of living, on the old seeds that I've sown. And I reach out to embrace you, a new way of life, a new walk of life, new seed. Thank you, Father, for being there for me right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you just praise Him for it right now? Praise Him for it right now. Now look, here's here's the other thing you want to do. Because how many of you know that once you've sown seed, You know, even after you've gone through and and, and that seed's been harvested, some of those seeds get loose, right? and, And so you end up, even if you don't, even if you didn't plant that field the next year, you'll have some of that stuff coming up voluntarily. How many of you know that that's the way your flesh is? It just volunteers to give you trouble. So, what you've got to do is you've got to not just thank God that he's cleaned out that field of that harvest but now what you need to do is you need to plant so many good seeds that it overtakes the bad that it chokes it out do you you do know what weeds do to a garden right weeds choke it out so what do you do to the weeds You choke them. You you, you take a hole after them and say, no, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. So where there's been anger, so love. Where there's been hostility, so kindness. Everybody say a lot of it. it. I mean a lot of it. it. You know how you do that? One word at a time. One word at a time. Why don't you try it? Just so kindness on somebody. Go ahead. Just turn around, look at somebody, and say something kind to them. If you need some help, I'll help you out. Why don't you say something to him like, man, you really look good today. I'm so glad you're here. Made my day seeing you here. If you look at someone and say, you know, I I know that God's got something good for you. Say, you're just saying that. No, I know that. Well, how do you know that? Because I know him. When you know your father, you understand something about him. And I know that he's got something good for you. I also know that you've been struggling some. I know that when sometimes during the week you feel like you're not going to make a weekend and it seems like walls start closing in on your thought process and you've literally found yourself at times just crying and thinking, God, I can't make it. Am I telling you the truth? There's no way for me to know that, but he does. So the very fact that he'll reveal it is to let you know that he's going to heal it. Are you ready? Churches, stretch your hands to heaven with me. God, I thank you. Now look, look, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. There's some voices. Now, I, I don't know who these voices are, but there's some voices that you've allowed to creep back into your life. And God's saying you've got to shut the door to it because those voices are beginning to influence you, not in a good way. So I want you to say it, God. I'm shutting the door right now, in Jesus' name. You're not just impacting his field. But there's a field that's adjacent to his. God, a life that's connected to his. Father, you're going to impact that field as well. I thank you for it now. I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I worship you, God. And look, sometimes when, let me explain something. Somebody goes out in the floor, and people get a little nervous. Have you ever? I mean, stop and think about it. Have you? You remember what the old life was like? Sometimes you wound up in the floor. Why? Because you were overcome by what you were taking in. It's the same thing. Well, it's not the same thing, but that's how it works. You're overcome by what's coming into you, and His name is Jesus. So let's just give Him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Before you go today, I want you to take a moment. I just sense this in my spirit, that there are some of you that are really hungry for a new crop in your life. Yes. I mean, it's not that, you know, that, the old crop's bad. I mean, it's not like that, you know, it's full, your, your life is full of weeds or stuff. It's just you're so hungry for God to do something new in you. I like corn, but I want more than corn. If that's you, would you just stretch your hands right where you're at right now? I want to pray for you. I, my heart aches for you today because I know what that's like. To want him so much more and to want so much more of him. Father, I'm asking you today to do (laughs) what only you can do. And that's to show up in our lives in ways we open our heart for your seed seed of your word, the seed of your spirit let it grow in us now let me let me know you in a new way in a deeper way in a more intimate way let me see you work in my life. You've been so good to me. All I want is to be able to share that with others. I thank you because the harvest has already begun. In Jesus' name. Come on and give my hand, clap of praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As you stretch your hands to heaven with me, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to smile upon you. May you sense and understand that you're the head and not the tail, that you're above and not beneath, that God will go with you every step of your journey, and he'll never lead you to a place that he hasn't already prepared. You'll never be overcome by the cares of this life because there's one that cares for you that will bring you over all of these things. We thank you for that now in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you guys.